Welcome to Talking Kotlin. On this episode, I'm sitting down with Eduard Gurtsky from JetBrains, who works on the internal development at JetBrains about their usage of Kotlin on the server side. Eduard, hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, Hadi. So you are working on Kotlin, and well, you've been working with Kotlin for how many years now? Oh, I didn't count. It's like uh, three, three years. Three years, right? And I years. and I know that um, I I don't know if it was the no it wasn't the was it the first project that JetBrains that actually used Kotlin or not? Oh, it seems so. Yeah. Uh, uh, if we are talking about this the size of a project as we had that time and as we have now, I would say yes. Yeah. There were some like small projects some maybe two libraries, but if we are talking about like a real system which handles real customers, do some lo business logic, yeah, this is the first one in JetBrains. Right, and and this was something that you uh, came on board with uh, later on, right? Because it was started a little bit earlier than three years ago, yeah? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, we uh, we had uh, like a legacy system uh, with uh, legacy technologies and uh, we understood at some moments that we are like a bit stuck with them and uh, we need to change something and uh, our colleagues came to us with idea to try kotlin and uh, actually they made some prototype uh, and finally, they convinced us that it is the way to go, and we performed a rather efficient and smooth uh, switch and migration of data to uh, a new system. Okay, so I was just trying to get a picture of how long it's been that uh, the project has been active at JetBrains and and how long you've been working on it. But let's take a step back. And so we said that you work on internal development, right? So what exactly does that mean in terms of JetBrains? What is considered internal development and what areas specifically do you work on? Mm -hmm. So actually we, uh, we develop applications uh, which support uh, and uh, somehow automate our business. Uh, they are mostly web applications, uh, like they are JetBrains account, uh, portal, our electronic shop where we uh, sell our licenses, our internal CRM system, which is highly used by uh, our uh, company, by salespeople, uh, marketing people, uh, even product teams. <clears throat> we have a reseller portal, which is used by our partners uh, to distribute licenses. And uh, except of this uh, user interface uh, applications, uh, we have uh, some infrastructure service services uh, like uh, it's not all, only infrastructure actually. It's a license server. Most uh, uh, it's very 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 important one. It's uh, our uh, company uh, license server which handles all the all the connections from outside. But also we have license servers which we uh, uh, suggest for our customers for uh, corporate customers mostly. So that's a lot of different systems for a company that is dedicated to doing tooling for developers and you know this is going to beg the question of why are you reinventing 
every other wheel that exists as opposed to maybe you know using some existing solution mm -hmm. yeah that's a good question actually uh the main reason that i observe that we are we are very specific in some points uh, mostly in terms of licenses and uh, li licensing and uh, sales processes so we have a lot of uh, like a tricky uh, tricky processes tricky features which we we cannot find in uh, in uh, some uh, some solutions which are available on the market so uh, that's the first reason another reason is that we don't want to be like uh, hardly connected with some set of functionality actually we are just brains so we are mostly developers in our company so we can allow ourselves to to create the software which we want and we want uh, we, we know how it should work and we develop it in this way so uh, for instance we have like a very urgent and uh, change of uh, business rule in some area and uh, we can quickly uh, provide this functionality to our customers yeah so, so i mean it's basically the same logic that applies quite a bit to many businesses right you know the the people say <laughs> at some point I, I can't remember who it was but uh that said that you know the companies are no longer uh companies that are specific to certain areas like every company has now just become a software development company and yeah, you know yes, just targeting yes. different uh things and i guess for us it's somehow the same right it's just um you know, we have our needs just like a bank might have their own needs and they develop their own system and other companies do their own things. One of the things that I was going to ask, um, because I believe that this is also one reason, uh, I don't know if you want to confirm that or not, but it's, would you consider it also an important factor that, you know, we are creating developer tools and obviously beyond using our own developer tools to create these developer tools we should broaden our scope a little bit and do development in other areas such as the ones that we're doing on the internal development to you know get the most out of the tool and improve the tool itself would you agree with that assessment or not yes definitely definitely you're right for instance when we were uh, on java uh, before uh, switching to Kotlin system, we highly used uh, Spring Framework, and uh, it was very useful, like dog fooding for uh, uh, for uh, uh, Spring development. Yeah, so we 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 interacted a lot with our uh, colleagues who who were in charge of uh, Spring support at IntelliJ IDEA. And it was very useful because uh, not much people from JetBrains, maybe nobody, uh, did business applications, uh, uh, develop business applications with Spring, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's sometimes people actually say to me like it's miraculous. Like, how do you know exactly what uh, you know a PHP developer needs in Laravel framework and to be honest that a lot of that it depends on external users and the feedback that we get because i don't think that we have many laravel uh internal um, you know uh, products that that when and when i say laravel I, I can say any other framework that exists in all these 
different technology stacks. So yeah, it, I, I believe that that is one, one very important factor to essentially use your own things and see whether they're good or not. So coming back to the actual solutions and uh, specifically, I let's let's talk about one of them, which is kind of more visible to the public. Um, I believe that the the shopping cart and now JetBrains account, which controls essentially your profile, your uh, access to the different licenses that you have and, and a bunch of other functionality that is now written entirely in Kotlin or how did that come about? Was that an issue? Well, I know that JetBrains account is a is a new product, um, but was there something before that that was written in something like Java or some other technology? Yes, it is a long story actually. So uh, four four years ago, it's like about four years ago, we had a rather heavy uh, set of applications uh based on java so we used uh, apache struts uh, ibatis uh, or ram complicated spring container with a lot a lot of xml uh, we used apache lucian for full text search and actually it could it could uh, it could work more and we could, we could continue with this uh, set of technologies but main issue uh, was in large amount of outdated code uh, which was a spaghetti split across all our, all our applications. Uh, the reason for that, that uh, is that there were not much attention and uh, resources um, paid for business support initially. So many things were developed uh, like in a rush. Uh, new features appeared without uh, revising and refactoring existing code. So outdated code was not removed uh, in time and was split between uh, Java and XML configs. So it was really difficult to maintain this code and uh, we uh, we were thinking about uh, subscription models at time and we understood that we have uh, in some future we have to implement this and it, it will require major uh, changes, a lot of refactorings and it was not very uh it wasn't it was not very nice future for us to, to when, when we when we started thinking about that so and same for performance actually so it was rather painful to support uh, all this stuff so what has happened actually max shafirov and some other colleagues uh, decided to help us by uh, prototyping a new set of business applications uh, on kotlin so that time it was not even in beta. Uh, so rather soon uh, we accepted uh, uh, this approach, uh, and uh, <clears throat> uh, studied Kotlin, of course. So we had to, and started to contribute. So uh, it was very interesting because uh, thanks to uh, Java interop, uh, we easily established incremental integration. So it was it was very risky to switch uh, to new Kotlin stack all at once. So what we did, uh, we launched uh, two application sets in parallel and established one direction data integration from uh, legacy applications uh, on Java to Kotlin. So and yeah. So you had essentially two different, uh, not only two different languages, but two completely different stacks, right? From one side right. you had you said spring on the java side 
Yeah. And then from the Kotlin side, what was this new prototype in? What what framework was it using? So uh, it was, and it still is, Kara uh, uh, MVC framework and exposed ORM library. So these are more main uh, main. Uh, Figures. Yeah. So, just to give the audience that uh, might not be familiar with this, Kara is a web framework, if I'm not mistaken, that was born a few years ago by a developer from another company. I think it was called Tiny Mission. And, yes, right. Uh, it's it's kind of like an MBC slash Rails style framework, right? Is that what it was? Yes, yeah. right, like that. Yeah. And the most attractive feature there is that we can use DSL, which is a strong, a strong type for HTML. Right, and uh, so you, um, I think at the time, like we started to contribute back to Kara, and then, but right now, uh, Kara is a like we have a fork of that internally, right? That that's right. being used, and then exposed. You also mentioned. That's a library which is, is, is it essentially an ORM uh, library? Yes, right? yes, absolutely. It's ORM uh, plus ability to, to use a DSL for SQL. So, so we use it in both, in, both, uh, in both directions, actually, in our business code. So <clears throat> to compare it with, uh, are you familiar with C-sharp.net? Yeah. Okay, so would you compare it to something like Link to SQL? Would expose be kind of the same thing? Probably yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So link to SQL was, uh, so link was language in integrated query in C sharp, which essentially was sold uh, by Eric Meyer as a way to do SQL style queries to your objects, and then link to SQL was a ORM mapper by well, ORM mapper is an object relational mapper. It's redundant to say mapper that Microsoft brought out as an example also of of what link to SQL is. So now you had two frameworks and you had uh, Cara and you had Exposed. But I, I have to ask, well, I'm, I guess that you were handed over the, proto the prototype, so it was a little bit difficult for you to uh, answer this question. But in case you know, was there a reason that Cara was used as opposed to, you know, just using whatever you had like if if one of the goals of kotlin was for it to be interoperable with with existing java code and frameworks why not just use something like spring and and make the transition also simpler for you instead of you know reinventing the entire stack i would say that it was rather attractive to try to use uh, kotlin as much as possible and also, uh, this is the first reason. Another one is that, uh, as I said, uh, with Scotland we get also DSL, uh, which uh, makes our life easier, actually. So uh, when we were on Struts, uh, or I don't know, Spring MVC, it doesn't matter, uh, you don't have so much, uh, so strong verification of your HTML code or XML code. And also, uh, it is a bit more, uh, your code is split uh, between XML, between Java or other languages. So I, I know that no, uh, not everybody accepts this, um, uh, this architecture, but we are really happy now that we uh, use a single language nearly for everything. 
because uh, due to, to to strong type system, it uh, it verifies a lot of things, uh, and it really helps us. So I wanted to talk about <laughs> uh, JavaScript story a bit, but maybe we can switch to tables later. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting that you you know you're one of the very few people that I've talked to, and and I sit also on the type on the side of the fence that I'm not too keen on uh, statically typed uh, HTML in the format of DSLs in in Kotlin. Like I I love the DSL aspects and I love it for many things, but somehow something always pushes me away from HTML. So it's interesting that you actually are very much in favor and are happy with it. And so taking that into account, you know, have you had issues with working with design teams? I mean, do you, or let me rephrase the question, is your team self-sufficient or do you actually work with external designers in, in, in terms of the layout and the pages, etc.? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, yes, we are self uh, self efficient. I mean, we have we have we have uh, a girl in our team, so she's fully responsible for user interface. But she's not alone. She always communicates with our other colleagues. Uh, so, for instance, translators, designers, and so on. And what I'm proud of, she can. Uh, implement some user interface features even on her own using Kotlin. So she already knows Kotlin. I mean, she doesn't know Kotlin. She knows DSL for HTML. And that's that's really a fantastic story. So she, he could not help us uh, to, to make something uh, ready for production before on a legacy stack with uh, GSP, with Struts, but now she can even do everything herself. I mean, I'm talking about some simple uh, in terms of logic features, but it can be rather uh, complicated in terms of user interface. Right, so this is, are you talking about uh, a person that has a designer background, so no programming background, essentially? Absolutely, yes, right. yes, absolutely. And yeah. so she's she's able to, you know, having no designer background, sorry, no programming background, she can work with... Um, the HTML and the CSS that you have created in in Kotlin. Yeah, we we still use CSS in a in a CSS <laughs> in a plain in a plain uh, CSS. We don't use Kotlin for it, but for HTML, yes, absolutely. Okay, and so so here's another question: the, How does she work with it? Uh, is it based on the same tooling that that you use. I mean, it, it, would she be using IntelliJ IDEA uh, to work with it, or or something else? Uh, yeah. So yeah, of, co of course, she has her own set of uh, tools for preparing some sketches, uh, some uh, some user interface elements, and so on. But uh, finally, when she she is ready. So she's ready for implementation, and she understands that she can handle it. So she doesn't help. Any, she doesn't need any help from developer. Uh, she switches to our IntelliJ IDEA project, opens uh, uh, some Kotlin file, and that's it. And so she becomes a developer for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think that you know that many people that do HTML. Uh, I mean, it's really hard nowadays to to say whether HTML. 
um, is is a is a development language or not. But realistically, thinking about it, I guess you know. So if you come to if you encounter a Kotlin DSL to do layouts, having no previous knowledge or experience with any kind of other markup language, I guess it really isn't any different, right? Because they're saying, you know, here's a language, here's the syntax, here's the grammar for it, and away you go, right? And, and that could be a strongly typed DSL representing HTML in Kotlin, or it can be just plain HTML. I, I guess that some of the bias that, for instance, myself has, has is having come from using HTML and saying, you know, oh, I don't want to really, you know, recompile every time I want to see some layout changes and or if I'm working with external designers, they're going to have an issue that, you know, they don't want to deal with Kotlin or the stack or anything because they, they just, they're used to their HTML and, uh, you know, they just want to use something like that. So what I'm saying is that I guess that there's a lot of bias at play there uh, at the end of the day. So you guys are now building this on Ankara and using Exposed. Uh, are you using any other kind of libraries or tools? Uh, yes, but not much. So we, uh, we actually we understood that it's enough. So I mean, most of uh, business logic can be implemented with uh, with the tools that we have. So what was the main issue recently? We understood that we have a lack of uh, DI, uh, some DI too. DI so being dependency injection. Dependency you mean? injection, yeah. yeah sure. Okay. So we connected Codein library in our project, and uh, we are quite happy with it. So before we had to make quite complex dependencies between modules. Uh, now with Codein, it's, it works much better. Kara is something that you're using. Are there any other projects inside JetBrains that are using Kara? That I don't you know think of? So. I don't think so, no. Okay. I don't know anyone. So, and the next question is regarding uh, Ktor, right? Which is a application framework that our colleague Ilya uh, is working on. And um, I'm now contributing a little bit to after having a Killed off Wasabi. Um, well, killed off is an overstatement. I abandoned Wasabi on GitHub. Um, I wonder if that's the same as killed. Anyway, uh, so like the question is, have you looked at Ktor or have you considered um, at some point, you know, if you've looked at it, if you find it interesting to migrate off of Kara to adapt something like uh, Ktor? Oh, that's that's a good question. Uh, we we really looked in it. So, but we didn't. Unfortunately, we didn't find any like um, trigger trigger uh, trigger points which which uh, should uh, should move us in that direction. So actually, we uh, we are at the moment we are rather overloaded in terms of uh, business development. So we don't have uh, much time to to make some uh, some in-house refactorings or uh, library migrations or whatever. So uh, in terms of functionality, Kara is uh, is uh, rather enough for us. So it it handles all the 
all the things that we need. And if we, if we don't have it, we can easily add it. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, and that's perfectly valid, right? I mean, if you see that the technology is not providing you any significant impact on on the end product that you want to deliver, there's no reason for you to suddenly, you know, yes, migrate from one to yeah, the other. Yeah. So how big is your team right now on internal development? We are 10 people now. 10 people. And how many project products do you actually maintain? So uh, it's like uh, like about 8 to 10 web applications. So I just uh, mentioned them in the beginning. So our biggest ones are uh, JetBrains account portal, our electronic shops, CRM system or seller portal and uh, different license servers. Uh, also, uh, we have a plenty of integrations with uh, payment providers, with marketing tools, uh, with some tax related services, with accounting systems. So uh, integrations are, uh, we have a lot of integrations actually. And how is your day to day with other teams? Like, uh, like let's say for instance the Kotlin team. You know, you you guys are using Kotlin, I, I guess heavily. Um, number of products. You're probably in the category of essentially most of the products that are using Kotlin inside JetBrains. I mean, we've got some tools and we've got some public facing products such as Rider and uh, parts of Utrecht that are using Kotlin. Um, but a number of tools, I would guess that you make a good portion of it. Uh, do you run into a lot of issues with Kotlin as, itself as a language or bugs? And, and what's the interaction with the Kotlin team? That's really useful because we are <laughs> in the same office, actually. So definitely we collaborate in both directions. So uh, Kotlin team uh, uses our... Uh, code base to verify upcoming uh, versions of Kotlin, while we periodically uh, discover some uh, issues in uh, compiler or standard libraries. And it is very, very useful because we can just come to their room and uh, discuss it and uh, find some solution or work around to report some bug. So yeah, we communicate a lot. Uh, so instead of voting an issue on Utrack, you just come and sit next to them and say, fix yeah. this now, right? <laughs> it works, yeah. <laughs> it's called chair pressure. Um, so, and, and you said the Kotlin team used your, uh, used the, you know, the internal products to, to validate new releases. So do they actually have you, the, the internal products as part of the build pipeline and, and make sure that every new version is recompiling and not, giving errors or warnings or hints that that shouldn't be there is that how it works yes 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 and periodically we discover that they come to our uh, project i mean they open our project uh, find something then they come to us asking oh whether you still use it do you use it a lot do you still need it or it's mostly about uh, uh, the phase when kotlin was not released yet so they were uh, they were uh, investigating whether this this feature is useful or not should they leave it in the language or, or remove like that now that you've been working with this for several years, uh, and you know, you've—I'm assuming that you've found no uh, performance issues in terms of server-side code, right? Because at, at the end of the day, this is all bytecode, and you know, it's, it's essentially 
the same thing under the cover. Obviously, probably um, having two different types of frameworks instead in, in terms of Cara and uh, Spring that does potentially add some difference. Uh, but looking at Kotlin itself, do you have any like things that you wish you would have known beforehand, before adopting, you know, migrating to Kotlin? Um, you mean you mean uh, the some language features which were not available in Kotlin when we started? No, like things that uh, you wish you would have known before you had started the migration. Ah. Uh, no, I don't think so because uh, actually, as I mentioned, we we studied Kotlin before uh, before starting to contribute to to this project. So, uh, as I explained, we, our colleagues uh, started to prototype this thing, and it was Max Shafir who <laughs> who knew Kotlin very well. So. Uh, uh we we started to to work together so we were on old legacy projects at time so trying to keep it uh, living for some <laughs> some while until we fully migrate to new uh, to new project and uh, so we interacted a lot we we read a lot of uh, uh code written by our colleagues so we we passed some uh, kotlin cons course which was just prepared the time, so we were first uh, first guys who passed Kotlin cons. It was not uh, published yet. <laughs> so finally, when we started to contribute to Kotlin, uh, it was rather easy. Yeah, and we, I wouldn't say that we uh, missed something at the beginning. And uh, uh, yeah, and now and now we we miss it. And do you think that overall? Your productivity has, I guess it's a hard question to ask because I don't know if you're measuring, but, um, you know, we always talk about how Kotlin has cut down the code base uh, roughly by around 30, 40%, right? You tell me that you have a lot of features. You tell me that, you know, there's a lot of work for you guys to do and, and you're a relatively small team. Uh, do you feel that Kotlin actually helps you in in being more productive with the code base and with the adding features, fixing issues. Absolutely, that's that's uh, that's what is hundred thousand percent. Because uh, when we when we uh, when we implemented some uh, business logic, when we which we had to implement in Kotlin because it's our uh, actual business logic, so we like a code migration. So. Uh, we, we we monitored, we observed that it it, it really takes a few lines of code. While in Java, it it was a huge huge. Well, actually, to be honest, we we were on Java six, so we didn't have lambdas and all this functional stuff. So uh, something something what uh, uh, something about map reduce, some filter on collections, uh, mapping, grouping, and so on. It's very very simple in uh, Kotlin. So and most of business logic uh, uh, in our products is about that. So uh, it expresses significant uh, part of business logic in a very short form. And in Java, in Java 6, uh, we could not achieve that at all. Okay, and speaking about business logic and talking about Kotlin, how it's very DSL uh, friendly, 
have you actually created DSLs to express any of this business logic or in terms of business rules, whether it's around taxation, whether it's around subscriptions, licensing or whatever? Have you been doing any of that? Uh, to be honest, not much, not much. So we try to, but it, it actually it's like a local place. So we we didn't uh, we didn't develop some uh, uh, some like a core business logic DSL. Uh, I don't know why why is it so. Maybe we are uh, we are uh, not much experienced yet in in DSL compose, or maybe we are too da too too dynamic in our business logic. So actually, it, it always changes. We always have to do something new, remove something, and so on, uh, so that it could be a bit difficult to to build this cell on top of that. I don't know. No, well, it would be interesting to see, right? Um, at the end of the day, like, does this work, and does it help express intent clearer, uh, especially for someone new that joins the project that? is maybe not familiar with all of the business rules you know instead of now me having to read the code and and try and uh, you know figure out what the business intention behind it is can a dsl make it easier for me to to understand that business intention uh so i, I think it's definitely something it would be interesting to try yeah i agree i agree that's that's really nice thing to try cool so and uh so there's 10 of you that's a lot of applications are you by chance hiring anyone new yes that, yes that's 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 what we are actively doing now JetBrains grows rapidly uh, business uh, changes also so we get more and more requests from uh, for different uh, features uh, processes automations integrations and all the stuff like that uh, and now we are rather attractive because we are pure on Kotlin. <laughs> uh, so at the moment we hire a QA and support engineer. And rather soon we, we, we plan to hire uh, one more developer also. Okay, and I'm guessing that these positions are available on the website, right? Yeah, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, it was uh, great chatting with you, Edward. Thank you for taking the time. And... Uh, yeah, it's uh, best of luck on implementing all of the constant changing demands from everyone around JetBrains because I know that that often happens and I and I myself and others have pinged you and said, hey, we need this. And you guys, I have to say, you are very, very responsive. So appreciate it. Thank you very much, Harry.